0: So because of my previous experiences, my life experiences within the body of Christ and out of the body of Christ, I have framed prejudices within myself in an effort to protect myself and my family from pain. When that's not my job. My job is to pray for people that I don't understand. My job is to show up in the uncomfortable places and be used as the hands and feet of Jesus. All
1: right, this is Donnell, a.k.a. Jag, and I'm here with my brother, a fellow brother in Christ. I'm also a close friend of mine, very, very close family member, everything, um, Jawanza. And what I'm particularly excited about with this episode is we're going to play a clip from our recent NOW conference. The NOW conference is a young adult conference that uh, these last two years, they did it during New Year's uh, kind of season, um, right at the end of December, and they um, do the conference through the New Year. And I went to the first one. It was great. We went to this last one, but the reason we went to this last one is my wife Tiffany, who's also a leader in the Unseen Collective, and you, if you haven't caught her, she was in the last couple of episodes as well. Um, she was given the opportunity to be on stage, almost like a panel, but not really a panel, just like a group of people with um, Doctor o- Dorita O'Quinn, who is a legend. Um, if you For haven't her. heard her on this podcast, she's on episode two I believe and yeah. um, we had uh, Pastor Brian Majors um who was an associate pastor at a, a big church in California. He was on that that group and it was a powerful talk. It was a powerful session um that we want to play a clip of it to give you a sense of, what they talked about, but there was a clip that my wife spoke something that we really want to tackle today. And we thought that was super interesting. And, uh, for future episodes, we're excited to kind of throw out these clips from the NOW conference, which was full of great, powerful messages. Um, so we want to be able to explore some of them with you here and so Here is the clip of my wife Tiffany speaking on Owning Your Ignorance.
0: Um, If you notice our beautiful hoodies, it says own your ignorance. Absolutely. It says own your ignorance. This certificate is a reminder to take ownership of your ignorance so you can begin to learn. Remember earlier, Angie Ritchie was saying you have to own your garbage? If I don't own my prejudices, how can I ever lay them down at the feet of Jesus? Okay. And again, you may be thinking, but that's not me. So I'm gonna speak transparently. We were at the mall recently, and if you've seen my beautiful children running around and making noise, they are some of the friendliest people you will ever meet. My daughter's goal every time we leave the house is to say hello to every person that she sees. (laughs) And she does her best. We went in the mall, and there, her and my son are doing their rounds. Hi, hi, hi. So then there's this older white lady walking, and she was walking with her head down. Here come my kids. Hi. She begins to smile. She picks up her head. Getting ready to say hi, she looks at them. The smile fades. She drops her head and keeps walking. So immediately, in myself, I'm like, oh, she's a racist. And with more immediacy, the Holy Spirit said, you don't know that you know nothing about her. What you need to do is pray for her. So because of my previous experiences, my life experiences within the body of Christ and out of the body of Christ, I have framed prejudices within myself in an effort to protect myself and my family from pain. When that's not my job. My job is to pray for people that I don't understand. My job is to show up in the uncomfortable places and be used as the hands and feet of Jesus. I think about the woman at the well and that encounter, right? So here you have Jesus, a Jew, in Samaria. There was racism involved. Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Men didn't really associate with women if they didn't have to. So what did Jesus do? He spoke to a Samaritan woman. Whose opinion did he ask for? What did he care? He wanted something to drink, and he asked for it. And her response was like, bro, why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. You, You don't have anything to do with me. And Jesus, in all of his Jesus nature, was like, You know, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink. And I would give you living water and you would never thirst again. And as I was rereading that just a few days ago, it really struck me that her response was Give me this living water so I don't have to come back to this place. I never caught the shame laced in her response. She was drawing water at midday because she was an outcast among the outcasts. The Samaritans were outcasts and because of her lifestyle, she was an outcast among the outcasts. So she would go and draw water in the middle of the day when no one else was there so she wouldn't have to be faced with the shame. And it is in that place that Jesus showed up and Jesus met her. So if we are to be ambassadors for Christ, doesn't that mean our call is the same? Mm -hmm. To show up and be there with the outcasts of the outcasts? To love them up close? Now Jesus Jesus wasn't gentle in him calling out her sin, right? He was very bold with that. Oh, you said that right because you had five husbands and the one you got now ain't your husband either. Jesus was very upfront, so we don't disregard sin to keep people comfortable. We don't do that. But you know what helps lead people to Jesus? Loving them where they are. Meeting them where they are. Understanding that the only way for me to do that effectively is to recognize my own issues to recognize my own prejudices that would keep me from approaching this person, that would keep me from walking in relationship with this person. It's not always the color of their skin. That's the most obvious one, right? Because I, when you look at me, you don't know all the other issues that I have, but it's evident that I've got a beautifully melanated skin. But when you look at me, here you I'm trying to find nice words. Can you, can you guys give me some grace? You don't have to be nice. <laughs> right, right, I'm trying to find nice words, but I don't really know that there's fully a nice way to say it. So here's the deal. When you look at people, you're looking at an image bearer of Christ. You're not looking at a mission field or a passion project. You are looking at an image bearer of Christ and nothing less. That goes the same for the prostitute that you see walking the street. That goes the same for the addict you see that's high as a kite. That goes the same for the person of color who you're uncomfortable around because you don't know their story. How do you get to know someone's story? You sit around the table and you ask. You listen. You lay your prejudices and your biases aside. You recognize that they're there and you bring them to the foot of Jesus. And you leave them there. But I can't bring anything that I won't acknowledge. Yeah. That takes time in the mirror. That takes time acknowledging like, all right, Jesus, I think I've done a good job, but you're supposed to be the one I reflect. My recent prayer has been, God, when I look in the mirror, I want to see you. I don't want to see me. And that means a lot of me has to be stripped away, but I can't surrender what I don't own. So I've got to own my ignorance. I've got to own my prejudice. I've got to own my sensitivities because it was my personal sensitivity that made me respond to that woman's response to my children with judgment. And that did not honor God at all because my call was to pray for her.
2: man. uh... Two things. First off, I hope people took notes. Because though it was Seriously. about an 8-minute camp, it was so pulling and rich. Second thing was, it was pulling and rich because huh. this was Tiffany. Uh-huh. So I don't even know this, but she um, I've adopted Tiffany as my godmother. So I, I finally call her mama. And when I first met her, um, she was my youth leader in church. And I dubbed her then the soul sniper. Mm. Because... She is just known for those bullets that rock you that you might not have even expected because she's somewhere hiding on the roof waiting for you. Yes. The next thing you know, yeah, you got got. <laughs> so I love where she started off. She started off with um, just like the hoodie itself mm-hmm. um, and owning your ignorance, which shout out to, was that you? I can't even know who it was, but shout out to the... Oh, I, 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 I'll tell you. I think it was um one of our unseen leaders, Juan,
1: Pippo. <laughs> I think <laughs> he said the phrase. I or no, one of them said the phrase in one of uh, in our first pilot episode. Um, if you didn't catch that, it's there. All and right, Somebody, right. I think um Juan said, "Hey, let's make a shirt," and so we designed something, and they took that design and went to the conference and wore it over there. So that was awesome.
2: Yeah, sorry, I still need my hoodie. Um, I'm just—I I mean, I'm about to go represent <laughs> unseen in a couple of places. So, I mean, we gotta I'm just, get it. I feel like I'm—I'm like—I'm just saying that because I want a hoodie. Uh, I, but I am representing unseen elsewhere. But that's we need to true. talk about that. And We need to talk about merch. Like unseen merch seems to be its own little side we, uh, situation because that's gonna be a hoodie that y'all gonna want. Trust me, a hoodie is tough if you haven't seen it.
1: Actually, um, we'll, we'll, we'll link the a visual of the hoodie in the
2: show notes so that you can yes. see yes but yeah, go ahead. Don't bite the concept, please.
1: <laughs> anyway,
2: um, I love where she started with that. Cause it just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's such a rich and deep truth that you can't, she said, you can't submit your ignorance to Jesus. If you don't know what your ignorance is, Man. if you haven't owned it yourself. And that's like that. That one, the way she articulated that was crazy was yeah. like it, it reminded me of the old saying that's like you literally you, you can't know where you're headed if you don't know where you are. Like you could tell someone yo, I have this amount of knowledge. I have these credentials, but if you're not awesome, you could own like your accomplishments, but if you're not owning your ignorance, you really no one can really put a GPS pin down on where you are. Because you're in your head, you think you might be so far ahead of where you actually are. But if you don't also speak about your baggage, because you think, you, oh, I'm just this dude who submitted all my baggage, as if you don't have any, then you can't even really like we can't we can't even really find you. We don't even know where you are. Like we, mm-hmm. we can't even like we can't even like you. Can, I can't even GPS my way to you because you think you're somewhere that you're not. So I love the way she articulated that man because has, has so much depth to it and we have to own both the accomplishment with the ignorance and, a walk with Jesus.
1: Listen, I, we got to touch on what you just said about the GPS and, and locating where you are so that you can know where to go and, um, someone can even find you. I love how you said that because, um, GPS, that analogy has always been something to my core. Where um, the days when uh, I believe they were using satellites for gpss, i don't I don't know if the technology uses it anymore. I think it's cellular or whatever. I have no idea Word. but it was always trying to pinpoint you using um I think it was a minimum of three satellites had to just triangulate your your location. Mm. And I remember God always telling me, like, you know, using that as a metaphor of one of them being my relationship with God. Uh, one of them being my relationship with the word, with the truth, and, and, and right. how I understand that. And the other one being my relationship with others. May it be community, mentorship, all of that stuff. And if if any of those are off, we can't really pinpoint where we are. But when you brought that up about pinpointing it when it comes to your own ignorance, that can be something that if it's off and you're not aware of, that you can lose where you are actually, where you actually are. And when the signal for GPS is kind of off, it gives this wide, big circle on your phone. Like, I I can't, we can't figure it out. And so anything, anything can go. And so that whole idea that you said about GPS and, and owning your ignorance would be helping pinpoint where you are. We should want to value that so that we can better navigate our situations, our life, our mind, our spirit, all of those things. And so I guess my question would be, why is it that we're hesitant to own our ignorance? Or why are we not aware of it? Why is it something that almost seems harder to push for?
2: Dang, man, Uh, she talked really eloquently about shame later in the talk, and I think the the, the way she pinpointed that would be how I would answer your question, because we, I think especially as Christians, it's easy to say, like, I'm Holy Spirit-filled, saved, covered by the blood, and to try to move forward in a functional perfectionism, um, just because Jesus is walking with us. But at the same time, simultaneously, when we do that, we eliminate the reality that we still have sin nature and flesh that's with us. Like 1 Corinthians 7 speaks about, like Paul, I'm sorry, Romans 7 speaks about. Paul very clearly explains, like, we have a body of death that. We are delivered from but that still makes us do things we don't want to do uh, but i think yeah. the shame of that and some of the things that we still can find ourselves in makes us feel disqualified so whether that's hey. like a subconscious stuffing or whether that's like us thinking if i just like quote no scriptures memorize no scriptures like tell other people about how good God is even though like I'm still bitter at some people who are in my personal life Mm -hmm. if I just kind of function and live out like a perfectionistic lifestyle then somehow like I'm more qualified as a Christian than versus if I'm just honest about things that I'm going through Mm. so I think that shame that we run from in trying to mask our lives and like this I'm blessed and I'm always like doing well really makes us live that life man where we don't live honestly and just own our ignorance and say, hey, I don't know these things. And I had a rough like past couple weeks where like I fell into some stuff. I've had a, like a crazy, um, I've had a crazy time like where I just got upset at my spouse and I just am not feeling it or I'm just frustrated because where I am. Like I think it's harder to do those things because Christianity seems so like functionally perfect, per- perfect. Uh-huh. We all have to just show that we're perfect, even if, even though none of us are. <laughs> you know what I mean? For real, man.
1: <laughs> I totally agree with that, man. I, I think about that. I also think about how I. I don't know how to say this, but it's like we put ourselves in the center of the narrative, and, and when we think about the center of the narrative, the 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 main character, the hero, all all those things. Um, it's, it's hard for us to, to take ourselves out of that and put ourselves in a position where we're thinking like, wait, there's, there's something possibly flawed. Cause yeah. to, if, if I'm gonna be honest, when I'm working on graphics or if I'm doing any multimedia stuff, I dive into that world. And so yeah. when we dive into the world of our perspective and, and, and all of so, that, mm-hmm. it's so easy to just get, um, um, swim in it. like it's so easy to just get all the connections that are that it's in that perspective and all that. And so to break out of that takes, to me, I think, a lot of intentionality so that we can step away and be like, all right, you know what? I'm not the center here because naturally our flesh wants to be the center of our story. I'm not the center of this. Let me explore. You know what? I, I, I have to say this, because it's so interesting that we're talking about this, and and I, I, I like to watch documentaries. I know you do, too. We talk about it a yeah. lot.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and one of the recent ones that I keep watching over again is called Voices Rising, um, the music of Wakanda, um, the, the movie that came out, um, Wakanda Forever. And it talked about the composer, uh, Ludwig um, Garrison, who he went to Nigeria or he went to Mexico or in places like that to discover. Like, he was there not to come in with his thoughts and ideas, like, this is how I'm going to craft it. He's like, listen, I'm just coming in and I'm exploring. Like, the the people who play these instruments, the artists, I'm going to leave it up to y'all. I'm just going to flow with it. And when I heard uh, my wife Tiffany talking, I just thought about what you saying, yo, let's, let's discover people's stories. I felt, I feel like that's our heart or our posture that we need to go in. Like I'm here to explore. I'm here to, to discover, but he knew he had to leave his comfort to go into a different nation or a different place. And so I feel like we got to leave our, our hero narrative that we're in, that our flesh wants to keep us in. And get out of that so that we'll be able to discover other people's true story and get that true connection. And so, yeah, man, I, I just I just love what, what
2: Tiffany was saying on that. Ah, oh, it's, bro, oh, you just, yeah. Ah, oh, man, let me try to get my brain back together. Uh, I love that portion. She was talking about how she was in the mall hey. with Bella and that woman... She was so easy to judge her, because there wasn't curiosity next. Because the only reason why you will explore is if you're curious. But we we allow, whether it be TV, social media, our own experiences and pain with one person who looked a certain way, who did a certain thing. So now we don't trust people who look like that anymore. It we we allow like those these really petty things to put people in boxes. Yeah, and though like. Crazy enough, like, when I was listening to that, I was, like, I was on her side. I was on her ignorant side. I was like, yeah, get it. Like, get this racist lady. Let me let me just then-
1: say, like, I was there. I didn't know the story at all. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm listening it to the first time when she's speaking it live. I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you about to let them know. Like, you about to tell her. <laughs> and she switched it up on me. I'm like, oh, Yo, man, the
2: conviction. Completely backhanded me. I was. It's real. Like until and she said this in a couple of different portions. Like until we look at people um, objectively as handiwork of God. Yeah, we're allowing our own brokenness to project the first impression, versus literally what, what what is the first impression? Like the diversity, the beauty, the the fact that they're human, and like we have the evidence in Scripture that God. Created these people in his image. We allow so much petty things to mm-hmm. get in the way of seeing that beauty and letting people's stories speak for themselves. Like, like she was saying, we don't even know why she responded that way. It could have been so many. What if, Man. like, what if, what if she looked at Bella and saw like someone who in her life who who Bella reminded her of who she lost right mm-hmm. through death or just through separation and like. That brought it to a subdued place. Like, there's so many reasons yeah. that she could have, uh, that could have happened, but because of the, sur- we only see the surface of the iceberg. We're like, oh, no. Nah. And this is what we look We can't see what I'm doing, but like, I'm covering my eyes with my hand, almost as if I could see only just an iceberg. Yeah. And there's so much under it. And it's, like, and it's like implying to you, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah I, know, I know what's going on. I know what's up. But it's like, you really only see maybe 10%, maybe 10%. And all the stuff that's happening inside of people. We're blind to where we make all these judgments. Like, oh, you see that person, they're, yeah, they whack. You see this, this is what's going on in their hearts and their minds. And it's like, that's like, yo, you have no idea what their story is doing mm-hmm. that. Just make that snapshot judgment, keep it pushing, like you know. Honestly, man, I, um, I felt
1: like I've, I've been through a couple of those. I could start with my, my daughter, our, our oldest daughter is four years old. and um, Arabella and that's, that's the person that my wife was referencing um, in her story in that segment. But, um, there's times where I think I know what she's doing and I'll respond if it's something like I'm trying to stop her from doing or correct her, or like, you shouldn't do that, or or I jump at it. And then there were a couple of times where I felt so bad because she wasn't even doing what I thought. And it was totally different. I'm like, you know what, I need to slow down. I need to yeah. not feel like I have to jump on the reaction and try to catch something and it goes yeah. back to the, what you're saying about that curiosity of, of wanting to like, all right, you know what? Let's pull back. I'm gonna give one more example. Recently, mm-hmm. um um so I have a multimedia company and I do things from graphics to websites to video, all all of that fun stuff. So the beast. A, a client <laughs> a client of mine um, sent a email feedback on on one of the websites and it was I would still say it was poorly poorly worded meaning um <laughs> it wasn't worded in a way where you understand that you need to get the best wording so that tone <laughs> wouldn't be understood yeah, yeah. but it wasn't Boring. it wasn't it didn't seem thought out and so huh? my first reaction, Um, I got it on a Friday night. My first reaction was like, I'm going to cut this all off. I'm done. I'm going to fire my own client. I'm not doing this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I let myself ride out for the weekend, and I thought about the words. Like, I was trying to get more into it. I was trying to understand, and I didn't realize, like, hold on. Oh, wait a minute. They're thinking this, this, and that. All I need to do is provide certain things a certain way, and they'll change it up. Come to find out when we spoke and I did those things, it all, it kind of squashed everything. And so what I was ready to do was cut off connection, period. Mm -hmm. But going back to what you said, building that curiosity, it's like, why why did he react that way? Like, let's explore Mm -hmm. it instead of me jumping and be like, I'm done. I was able to understand. And now it's like flowing a whole lot better. And so- Mm -hmm. That curiosity, that desire, that posture, it is huge, man. Like,
2: I love it because we're called unseen and there's like people, so many people's stories that you can't see by just looking at them. Mm. And the, the 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 depth, the depth of what you just explained, unpacking what Sif was talking about is like, we... Can come up with so many presuppositions, again, based on our own filters and pain point. A lot of times when I assume something, it's probably based off of me trying my survival uh, instincts kicking in because yeah. I'm something happened to my past that feels like this. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 not again. I will be on top of it this time. Uh, and this time, I'm not going to be made a fool of. I'm not going to be taken advantage of. I'm not going to be home crying. Now, nah, I'm going to be doing. It. Yeah. I'm gonna make sure I handle my business and, and that's a lot when I hear people talk nowadays, that's the same energy that people give. Wow. And because we could just judge people from afar with no context and literally out of context, I was I've been telling everyone this nowadays because it's like I find it so funny that we're we we, we struggle so much with context today, but okay. it's really only because things like TikTok and hygiene daily pull things out of context like you'll see a movie oh, clip. Wow. You'll see a movie clip from something else. People use it for a funny joke. It's because it fits funny but it's like, but it's not even a context of wow. where it's from. Wow. And now we're daily it's hard for us to put ourselves in other people's shoes and see things from their context because we're so inundated in a culture that's daily practice is to take things out of context oh, literally. Wow. <laughs> right? So it's like I find it so hilarious but because now it's hard for us to look outside of ourselves and see the true story. I, I um I direct a youth program. So I oversee a staff at any given time of like for um, twelve to twenty five people. Um and it very similarly to you, it's like so easy because 'cause I've had so many things happen. So I look at a situation and I'd be like, Oh nah. So I step to somebody and I've learned to just say something like this, Hey, what's going on? Or I just saw this. Can you explain what I'm looking at? Because in the past, I've said some out-of-pocket wild stuff to people and probably offended people. Probably mm. made some people quit. And only my ignorance right now, today, like I very much so still can sometimes speak in ways that are more judgmental than curious. Um, I think those two things are always going to be an in, an in op- in opposition. Not that you can't walk in wisdom. Or like, like, like um, Tiffany was saying, like you can't. Sometimes you do have to check people. People need to be checked. You just check that woman at the well, but you also need to do that with a certain approach of curiosity, with uh, truth and love. Because if those two things aren't in tandem, they're not going to hear you accurately. So, man. yeah, it's just, uh, there's so many different segments here, but that's that's what you just made me think of when you said that. Shh.
1: You know what, man? I, I think about this curiosity thing, if you were to where you are down in the hopes that it would help listeners where you are now with where, um, only your ignorance, your curiosity level, what would be your next step to getting yourself to that next level of being more curious or being, um, having more of a discovery kind of approach in a situation like what would for yourself help you shift to that next level
2: dang I don't know if I could say this in a concise way I'm gonna do my best lord help me uh, I think I have to get more healed you mm. cannot be curious where you are still bleeding yeah uh, because all you can think about is the trauma of the injury um. just today I was over um my dad mother's house ooh, rewind I was over my mother-in-law's house and there was some kids there, and one of the kids climbed up on me and looked at my left arm, where I have a scar that's 20 years old, and he looked at it like it was still painful and he was like, oh my goodness, are you okay, what happened? And kid is uh, three, four, four, uh, I think, and he was, and I was trying to explain to his mind, oh, I got bit by a dog, you know, but it's okay. He's like, oh, where's the dog? He's asking one of these questions. right, so in his head, this just happened yesterday, because the scar looks pretty crazy. Oh. Um, but he doesn't realize that I'm healed. So I could accept his maneuvering around my scar and him touching it and him asking questions without getting offended because I'm healed. But I will not become. I will not allow other people to look at my vulnerabilities and look at. And I will not allow myself to look at other people's vulnerabilities if healing isn't taking place there. Uh. If I'm. If this was still an open wound, I mean, after 20 years, we're talking infection. We're probably talking, about, I don't wow. have fingers, yeah. right? which is now affecting what I touch and who I can impact and how I how I feel things, which that's a whole nother conversation. That now makes me a person who not only goes back into survival, like I was speaking about before, but no longer has the ability and even the instinct to care enough. To want to know what's going on with other people because I'm so busy still, still treating my injury that I could have just went through a process. I got 12 stitches for this right, could have went through that process, and, but instead I was just like, no, I'm gonna hold it close to myself, and no one's ever gonna hurt me again. No dog, no no dog owner, no. Per- I'm never gonna let that happen again. So I could just hold it myself, right, uh-huh. close to my chest, and say never again, or I can get healed, and then yeah. allow other people to get curious about my injury and now become more sensitive to other people's injuries because i have my own but it's cool oh, uh, i love that i love that man um
1: man i i i would say for myself um the way i can shift to a better level of curiosity or discovery uh, i was just thinking to approach things more how i approach my graphics and when I approach my graphics, I, I kind of go in thinking, look, the goal is for this client, I, what I desire is to get something that makes, that speaks to them and that they can and use. Like, even though these, this is my artwork, I'm putting my work and thoughts and all that in there. At the end of the day, I want them to have, um, what they desire. And the reason I bring that up is one person told me "It's like, man, I like working with you because you can take feedback uh, or you don't, oh. like, you don't own your artwork. Like, you're, you're not owning Dang. this one idea. Uh, and for me, I'm like, well, yeah, that's just because I'm trying to get to the one you like. I, I don't want you to just take it. And so yeah. uh, why I say try to approach it like that with discovery of situations, kind of like we, I could do that with perspective. It's like I want to own my perspective. Like, this is my Dang, perspective. I want to keep that and more so go change my goal to being like, what is the best way to connect with someone? Like what's going on? Like I, I, even how someone says something that can come off, like, like you said, with possibly employees or things like that. It's like, you know, what's going on? I feel like my goal needs to change of like, my my desire is to connect, to understand. And so instead of owning my perspective, and I, I, I know what you're doing. I know exactly why you oh, did it. Yeah. I, I already read this, all of that. Instead, it's like, huh, Like, I, I want to explore here. I want I want to own it because... I don't want to own it because I, I want to understand and get a, a sense of the feedback that's coming through the situation. And so, um, yeah, that that's really why I want to approach it more like I, I approach my graphic design. Like, feedback is not something that connects back to my identity. Like saying you don't like uh-huh. this or that it uh-huh. doesn't connect back to my identity and having an a, a uncomfortable situation doesn't connect back to my identity. I can explore that and, and stay in there a little longer just to see what's going on. And so I feel like that's going to be my next step into to
2: bettering my curiosity. Can I rewind to something you said and ask you a question? You okay. mentioned that you don't own it. You don't own something that you actually worked on, which is a little, like, it's wild, yo. Know, because one, you do art, and you always heard, like, that saying, like, artists are sensitive, right? And artists really do own their stuff, because it's almost like that's one of the ways that we um, we model God, not mm. to get too Christian-y, but so that we model God, like, we like literally can create these things that didn't exist before, so it's like your baby, and it's the thing you made. Um, in a way is we're we're going back to owning our ignorance. So Uh there's things that we should own and shouldn't own. Um, we should make sure that we own our um our faults and the things that can cloud our judgment. But a lot of the times when we do something that is supposed to be like for for God, we we cannot own the results. We have to just let that go. So how do you How, how have you gotten to that conclusion as an artist who you're definitely one of a few that I've heard speak like that, where it's like, I have the end user in mind and though you're really super duper talented at what you do, it's like, I'm here in service. So where, how do you get to service versus ownership?
1: Honestly, I I think it took, it took some time it took, um, moments where, um, for example, if it's a project on, on creating a, a brand mark or logo concept that somebody needs, uh, usually in the past, I would do multiple concepts and I would think the concept number two is it. That's, that's the (laughs) one, that's the one that's going to get it. Uh, let me, you know, this third concept I had to try to think of, but I'm not really feeling it. I'm. Probably the weakest, and I didn't realize multiple times they would probably pick that one I thought was the weakest. And so Dang. those times really started teaching me is like, yo, know, you, you um, don't, you think that somebody's gonna pick something or not like something, and they end up liking it, um, they end up loving it. And so uh. you don't, your opinion isn't like the set thing because people have different opinions. And so I had to learn uh. that through through the art. And then two, um, the other part was, I just know that I want somebody to feel like they got what they needed because, um, I, I want them to feel like how I would want to feel It's like, yo, know, I, I need you to do this thing. I really want it to excite me. You know, and I really want it to speak to my passion. Let's get to it. And so, um, after getting a bunch of feedback through the years, especially when I first started, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I would rather your, I had to learn your feedback. Doesn't say I'm a a bad artist. It's just like, oh, we Mm -hmm. can get to us. We can get to an answer. We can get to a tweak. We can get to a fix. And so those are the two things that really helped me to be able to say, no, I just, I just want to make something that would work for them. So that that's been the big
2: thing. And, and. That's beautiful, bro. I love that. I feel like, man, that translates in so many ways, wow. but ultimately, I th- I think what I'm hearing you say is, though, no, like not everyone is going to be in that same format, we have to be open to criticism, which is like all throughout uh, the word, all in Proverbs, all like not being people that are foolish. Like, I'm just like, I'd, I've come up with an opinion and despite like thousands of years of books and history and knowledge, I'm right. Oh my goodness. But being open to like, well, right, being open to criticism, being open to being wrong. think, oh God, i want to stop here. Please let me stop here. <laughs> Lord and Jack, stop me. But re, your conclusions are stronger after uh, they've gone through resistance and after they've gone through critique, like yeah. going through school and one of the main components of my schooling being research, like you're supposed to thoroughly investigate why you could be wrong. Uh, And then that should buffer some of your beliefs or maybe change your opinion or maybe add some nuance to what you're talking about. But research learns that you, you investigate the other side uh, and why you potentially could be off. So anyway, I think that's a lot of what I just got from you being a genuine person. Who serves people? You have to be open to criticism. Have to be open to people speaking into your life and telling you when you're a little off and when you need some redirection and navigation. navigation, navigation, navigation. Huh, but we could like thousand percent keep going on that. This was this was dope. Chopping it with you. I'm pretty shout out to the team for that. Oh my goodness, yeah bar of, uh, of a camp that we got a chance to unpack so we got
1: good so good